Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them, from the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. This is the very last Ask Maureen for 2021. We're doing something different in 2022. I'll do something once a month, but it won't be the Ask Maureen. Doesn't mean you can't ask me questions. You can email me at photodetective at maureentaylor.com if you have a question. So what are we going to talk about today? So I just have a couple of questions submitted. Somebody asked me whether or not they should keep the folios that their pictures come in. And you know what that is, like you have a 1920s picture and it has the brown paper folio that goes with it. I keep those. They generally include some photographer information. If they don't, well, it's whether you do or not, it is an artifact for your family. And so I keep them together. I don't know what you do. Do you keep those folios or do you toss them? Several people have asked me what they can do with old film if they have film. And this past summer, I had some film that needed to be developed. I found it uh, and I sent it off not knowing what would happen. The the results weren't great. I can tell you that right now. I mean, it was 40-year-old film at a minimum. But I sent it off to a place called The Dark Room that has been in business for 45 years since 1976. And they develop all kinds of film, 110, let's see, 35 millimeter, 120, single use, 110, 126. And that, so they can develop any, pretty much everything. They don't do the disc film. That's, I don't know where we would get that done. This place was great. And I had the prints available online. I could get prints. I could just download them from online. I did both just to test the product. It was really good. So it's called thedarkroom.com. Someone asked, how were photographs hand-colored? So photographs, including daguerreotypes. So on daguerreotypes, they were hand-colored with like a a powder. So you could pink the cheeks and the lips and color the whole thing if you wanted to. So they used sort of colored powders for that. 
gold jewelry, things like that. When we get to paper photographs, you could use artist materials like uh, crayons or paints to do it. Sometimes they color every little detail of it and you cannot tell if it's a painting or if it is a photograph. And a long time ago now, I had a client who collected his, one of his major collecting interests were hand colored photographs. And I was brought in to weigh in on the collection and date a lot of the photographs because they didn't have dates. And they're really remarkable. They looked like paintings and yet they knew that they were photographs underneath. So you can use crayons, you can use paints, you can use ink, and you can even have hand colored and hand painted tintypes, which are very cool. I don't particularly care for a hand painted tintype. They look a little crude to me, but I have books in my library on hand painted tintypes. And they're interesting. It's like a folk art kind of thing. Roots Tech is coming up. I will have a virtual booth this year. I'm giving one on metadata with Rick Voigt of Vivipix. And then I'm giving another one called Best Foot Forward with Nancy Desmond of Memory Web. And that's a two-parter. So watch for that. Our Unlock the Shoebox was so popular last year. We came, we redid it a bit. And so it's Best Foot Forward. We're having a blast with that. Uh, what else? Somebody asked, and actually I'm involved in this right now, donating collections to historical societies or museums. How can you make that happen? And do they even want your stuff? That's the question, right? So you want to choose an appropriate institution. So my husband's cousin has some material. Her great-grandfather, my husband's great-great-grandfather, went to Dartmouth. Did Dartmouth want the material that we had relating to Dartmouth? They only wanted very specific things. We had to send them a list of everything that we had, and they mostly didn't take it. So we're left with some things we don't know what we're going to do with. But, you know, that we have to choose the appropriate institution. Was that the appropriate institution? We thought so, because it was material relating to his time at Dartmouth. If it's a historical society, I would choose one where your ancestors lived. I would also research that institution and make sure that they have uh, on solid financial. Definitely contact them before donating. It may be that you need to make a list, understand what their policies are, go on their websites. Most historical societies and museums have, have a page where it talks about their donation process. I used to work for a historical society. We had procedures. We also had things called gift agreements, which means that you sign away the rights to those pictures. So if you want scans of them or copies of them, do it before they're donated. Will the collection be accessible to the public or is it going to sit on a shelf collecting dust? You want to know that. Do they want you to organize the collection before you donate it? Some will. Some will ask for uh, some financing to help them uh, organize it. And then are there any tax benefits? You know, ask your accountant if there's any tax benefits for you donating this material. So those, that's my short version of guidelines for donating your photographs. Oh, we have a couple of questions. So Linda asks, she has a photo, 1890s, that is attached to the photographer's cardstock frame. The cardstock is gray and there's lettering in gold on the front of it. I can't read it entirely. Would scanning help? Scanning may help. I would not take it off the cardstock frame because you'll destroy the picture if you do that. I've read that there's a way to reverse colors on documents. Absolutely. If you have Vivapix Restore, you can scan your picture, upload it, and then not necessarily reverse the colors, but you have a choice of 
sepia, um, color, black and white. It does help to see things in different colors, especially when you have handwriting you can't read. That helps a lot. Is there a way to do that for scanned photos? I think I just answered that, Linda. But yes, Vivapix uh, Restore is your ticket for this. Carol says that she has a couple of photos of her parents taken at a dinner dance places that are in a paper frame holders that have the name of the place and the photographer and the date. So a lot of these places had photographers that came or they actually even hired photographers to do that. So she decided to keep the holder in a separate plastic sleeve and put the photo tucked inside the frame holder sleeve. I scanned the holder as well as the picture. Excellent, excellent, Carol. If there's nothing on the back and you have memory web, you can connect the front end, the, the frame and the image. It doesn't matter. It's not really the back. It can be any picture you want to attach, but that would be great for that. Any other questions for me? And Linda, I'm so glad you have Vivipix. I use it all the time. I was using it again today. Uh, a really complicated question. This one I had to really think about. This person is frustrated uh, with trying to do this. So a distant cousin who they met through Ancestry has a 1905 photograph of ancestors taken in the city of Kisniev, Bessarabia, which is now in the country of Moldavia. The photo has the name of the studio and they were even in contact one time with the now deceased grandson of the studio owner. Oh, that would be great. The individuals in the photo are peripheral relatives of mine, but might be key to my direct relatives if there were more photos from that studio. The question is, how in the heck do you approach getting information about an old photo studio in Moldavia? Uh, for that matter, any studio in pre-World War I Eastern Europe. And they said they did a brief Google search and didn't really come up with anything. So I had to really think about this one. Pre-World War I Eastern Europe is tough for sure. What can I suggest? Well, there's several things. One, if you really want to do more research on the family in Moldavia and you want to learn more about that photo studio, which you can't do it yourself, you're having trouble with that. Uh, certainly the Association of Professional Genealogists may have someone who has experience in Eastern European research and they would be a person to contact. Um, this person did not say whether or not the, the family was Jewish or not. And in that case, there may be even specialists for Jewish research through the Jewish gen that you might want to contact. In addition, so to research the studio, sometimes you have to research the person behind it. Now, if they have a generic name that you can't research, that can be a problem. But if it gives you first and middle initials and a last name, there's things that you can do. For instance, the birth records for Bessarabia, I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it right, excuse my mispronunciation, actually those are on Ancestry.com. Yes, they are. And so we can do some stuff with that. They were very specific about where they had uh, lived, where the picture was taken. So one of the things you can do if you're looking for photographs of family members, obviously the, I did just did this talk for uh, my heritage on five places to look for photos. So check it out on their website. I'll be putting it up on my YouTube channel soon. But on eBay, you can put in the name of the city. You can save this search, see the little heart on it, so that you can get emails. For instance, here's a woman taken in Moldavia in this area close to where the family lived. So you can 
actually go over here to collectibles, go more and collectible photographs. You can put in the name of the family. So there's not that much here, but you can put in the name of the family, save the search for that family and then get alerts. You can also do that with the place name. That's what I would do. I would create a research plan for that photograph. Michelle said that she has tiny tin type photos that are loose and have rusting happening. You know, rusting in tin types is bad. There's not a whole lot you can do about that. Uh, you can scan everything at a high resolution and then use photo restoration software to try to fill in the missing pieces. You should store them individually in uh, non-PVC sleeves to prevent them from rubbing and affecting other image, other tintypes that you have. I know exactly what you're talking about when you say you have those tiny tintype photos. They are gems and they're about the size of your thumbnail and they were very popular. Let me go back to that photograph taken in uh, Kishniev. The research plan should include what you know about the photograph, what you know about the place where it was taken, what was happening in the history of that place at the time the photograph was taken. So you want to date that photograph. There is also an archive for uh, Moldavia. And the archive is obviously in a foreign language, but hopefully Google will translate it into English so you can understand it. If you don't speak the language or write the language, you can't assume that someone over there does, you know, does our language. Uh, so that's where APG comes in, the Association of Professional Genealogists. You may want to contact them and see, does anyone have any other questions for me? Wanda, you have CDs and DVDs, over 500 of them. I need download and need company to help. Yes. So I went to my local camera store, the Hunts camera. I don't know if you have one of those in your local area. And they put me in touch with a company locally that could do it for me. And it was expensive. So if you have 500 CDs and DVDs, it might be worth uh, purchasing of, if you don't have a built-in DVD, I actually bought a VHS player on Facebook Marketplace and then never used it. But you can buy the technology that you need, like a portable external CD or DVD player that you can then hopefully download those to your computer. I would try that first. They're actually really inexpensive. They're about, I paid by $35 for my portable, my external CD player um, to do that. Oh, Linda wants to know any strategies for telling siblings apart in a photo. It's a single person in a twenties. I think it is my great grandfather, but how would I determine that it is him versus a brother? The only way, Linda, is to find pictures of everyone else and then take a good look at their features because even siblings vary. Unless they're identical twins, you'll be able to see differences from tiny little differences in the eyes, the shape of the eyes, the nose, the ears, the mouth, the shape of the face, the way they age. All of that comes into play, but you really need pictures for comparison. So I hope that helps. As I mentioned, last Ask Maureen for 2021, I am taking a break from it in 2022. We're going to do something else. We're working on it. But those of you that like to watch the videos I do on Facebook will be happy. I love checking in with you all once a month. Please continue to send me your questions at photodetective at MaureenTaylor.com. I'm always here for you. And get on my newsletter list because I have a lot going on. We're doing a lot of planning for 2022. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media, leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time.
I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.